Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media hall of fame and wrestling shows from impact wrestling where they will be taking on the best the uk has to offer and revolution pro wrestling featuring the legendary jushin thunder liger defending his british j cup crown tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com that's wrestlingmediacon.com support wrestle talk give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you now that you have successfully done some baking yes i baked a cake last night swap nation i don't think i talked about it on the show you did not we had this conversation off mic mm, so notoriously famously i'm a famously bad cook or just maybe i'm not no i'm a bad cook and i've never baked so i had this conversation with my wife last night i was like mm. you'll never guess who's baking tonight and she rattled off i'd argue five <laughs> names and then was like don't know and i was like it's ollie and she was like, no, really. I was like, isn't it funny that I, I spent all day with him yesterday and it wasn't even the first name he thought mm, of to yeah, say. She's mentioned your girlfriend's name. She was like, yeah, yeah that's my first guess. Well, so that for American listeners, uh, there is the Great British Bake Off. They it's, have the Bake Off over there. Do they? they? Yeah, has they, it been franchised out? Not franchised out. They just get the same one we get. Oh, okay. But, on like, but that's not... On BBC America. BBC America. But I don't know how many people watch that. Well, yeah. Uh, it's not like because if they were to get their own version it'll be really fast cutting these stupid camera shots oh my god what is wrong with your documentary formats America calm down (laughs) calm down you can just let some cameras do one thing one shot for longer than five seconds please so I am a man who bloody loves Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. Mm. I love that show so much. I watched it a lot when it was first on in the UK and then I really got into Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares US because it's so overblown and so melodramatic and I really got into it. 
I then tried to rewatch some of the British Ramsay's Kitchen nightmares. It is it is slow going because yeah. you get so conditioned into how Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares USA feels that when you watch the original Kitchen Nightmares, you're like, get to the point. Come it's on, like, let's move along, shall we? It's like going back and watching old Wrestle Talk Newses <laughs> without the jump cuts. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Uh, so yeah, I uh, with Bake Off, it was cake week. This is the second week of the show being on. And my lady partner made, uh, I can't even remember what she made last week. She made us a cake last week. And I like boldly said, after watching the episode, I'm going to make a cake. Oh, she made biscuits, that's it. So I'm going to make a cake next week. And she laughed and then went, are you really? And I went, yes, I am. And then I didn't do anything until 3 p.m. yesterday. And I went to the, yeah, I went to the co-op, bought my bits. And I made a orange and chocolate chip loaf cake. Yeah. And how did it turn out? It structurally not very good. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a good rise. No. Well, no, it got a good rise. So, yeah, in the tin, it looked great. I think it tastes pretty good. Uh, maybe it's a bit wet. Maybe a bit too moist. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a bit too sweet as well. Seems I put in quite a lot of orange. <laughs> Because I made up my own portions for orange, and I couldn't risky find, business. Yeah, I couldn't find any choc chips in the shop, so I just bought some buttons, some chocolate buttons, mm-hmm. and mashed it up with a wooden spoon. Nice. Uh, so that might have good improv. Mm, that might have factored into the the overall sweetness. But yeah, look, it uh, it was when I got it out of the tin, it just fell apart, mm-hmm. very crumbly. I've only ever done a small amount of baking in my life. I've made one cake. I made a birthday cake for my wife before we were married um, in the shape of Baymax from Big Hero 6. Did it it look like Baymax? Yeah, it did. Uh, It was actually pretty good. I was quite proud of that one. Pretty good. It was actually pretty good. Uh, And when I was working for an old company, I um, uh, I, um, uh, actually was part of like a bake-off style competition thing that they were doing there like you each week you would have to like compete in this sort of bake-off tournament thing and people just brought in cakes essentially well i'm thinking if we move when we move to this new place that uh, podcast listeners we might be moving to a new studio uh we should do it then do it there with the other offices yes that's a good shout i like that into inter office yeah shenanigans competition competition yeah it brings out the best in us i also once made bread I uh, well, bread week next week. I know I made a focaccia, and it was pretty good. But I think it would have been better if I had not made it the previous night and then took it in the following day because it got a little bit dry. Focaccia. Yeah, uh, and I also made a lemon meringue pie once. Check you out. Yeah, it was pretty good. So you, you you are pretty good at baking and cooking. Well, I made three things. I'm good at cooking. Baking, I'm I'm not so confident on. Um. So now we left <laughs> the show on a cliffhanger. Yesterday, yeah, this this blew up more than I thought it would do. Mm, a lot of pe- so you you got an email, yes, that you said was too X-rated to read out on air. Yeah, so we are a clean podcast. We do not advocate swearing on this show, um, apart from Alicia Fox's name, yes, in a Scottish accent. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, I just think that sometimes it's just it's nice not to have a very sweary podcast. I'm a sweary man. I'll be honest with you. In in outside of microphones, as people often call me naughty Luke, but it's a case of with this show we want to try and keep it as clean as possible and we have had some emails previously before that said we're already too dirty even when we don't swear because prudes will often just say f rather than actually say the swear word and you're like well you may like it's the same as saying the swear word i think that's very rare 
Yeah. And I think those people are being a bit overreactive. And someone who criticized me because I used to say bollocks a lot. Yeah. Well. And, and I don't consider that a swear word. But either way, I didn't want to alienate those people who might be offended by that. So we're going to try and read this email out by substituting words and activities for other words and activities. But the, it'll be consistent. So, yeah, whatever this email was originally about, we have replaced with jogging. Okay? Yes. Okay. So, okay. So, so this is from Anonymous. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Here's my situation. So my fiance and I have been together for near on five years and we both agreed that jogging, jogging. was becoming a little stagnant mm. and we'd experience everything that there is to do with jogging and it's become a little bit boring. Yeah, there's there's only so many parks. Yep, they've seen all of the parks. They've done all the different positions of running. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. They've done all the forms of stretching that can yep. be done around jogging. They've or prob- various gadgets for jogging. Oh, absolutely, and they've probably listened to all the podcasts about jogging as well. Maybe did a jog with a with a video <laughs> on the phone. Yeah, with a GoPro. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of track how well you're doing. Done, done it all. Yes. Done so it all. back to the email. <laughs> we both agreed we would like to invite someone to jog with us. It gets yeah. Sometimes you want someone else there to conversation keep pace. Keep, keep pace. pace absolutely. With. Uh, and we found someone who was willing to jog with us. I sent my not-so-better half to meet this person uh, and told them that they could stretch together. You know, uh, just get used to the stretches that they do, I guess. But but only a few, like, only a certain amount of stretches. Yes. Because they want to stretch together well, they, they want to and do the, then go on the jog. And they want to do the jog together. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do, you don't want to send two people off doing jogging on their own when it's meant to be a group jog. They might be tired. Exactly. They, might, they yeah. might already be sweaty by the time they get to you. So just just a few stretches. Yep. And as I and said, then it, come told, back, come over here. Told him he could have a little stretch bracket with restriction. Sure. Not all the stretches uh, before they got back to meet just me. Just the groin and go for the stretch. Uh, go for the jog rather. Later that day, we all met up and went for the jog. It was great at the time, because uh, jogging's great. Weather. Really uh, weather good. was really nice. Outside. And we all had fun on the jog mm. and said we'd like to jog again. Because yeah. jogging's fun. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't find jogging fun, I'll be honest with you. But um, You want to make it a team activity, maybe one day you run a marathon. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> so back to the email. A few weeks down the line, and I'm really annoyed at my fiancé for doing the stretches. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Am I being completely out of order for being upset? Or is it understandable he um, clearly wanted to uh, stretch and jog (laughs) without me around? Uh, we'd love your opinion, as it's an argument we've not been able to set to. Thank you. That's from Anonymous. P.S. He is a pledgehammer and got me into wrestling and also your podcast, and now I listen to them more frequently than often than he does. So they both listen. Okay, well, and, that's so. And our, and our, our anonymous friend here listens to it more than he does. She oh, probably while jogging. So yeah, because it's that. Well, I hope. Yeah, it's the actual jogging. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, which is what the, we're talking not the about. No, we're, we're talking about actual jogging. No, because we clearly oh, said substitu- we're substituting jogging, jogging for <laughs> yes. something else. Sorry, yes, I meant the actual. Jogging, if it's yeah. in the actual substituted act. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, it's fine, I guess. They just I mean, they have tried everything. Yeah, <laughs> even tried <laughs> having Wrestle Ramble on. Um, well, you know, yeah. just put me on YouTube. That's what we do. 
Okay, so, so. Uh, Who needs the thumbnails? This is a master of the agony arts email, by the way. It is, yeah, yeah. I didn't think we set that up. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, yeah. So I talked this over with my lady partner. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. How, where did she sit with the jogging situation? Her first, well, she said, well, she, she didn't even get to that because she was like, so this person has emailed in this question. Like, does the the other half know that this has been emailed in? Because they're going to figure it out pretty fast. This is quite a unique situation. Not a unique situation, but it's quite a rare situation. I'd say it's probably unique for our listener base. Yes. So, so, so I mean, are we are we essentially pr- being the conduits to a very passive-aggressive argument here? <laughs> Do you think that he's going to listen to go like, hang on a sec, I think that's me. Yeah. My And then as as I was reading it out, I thought, not to belittle if this is a real thing, but I got the sense that this was a joke email. And that I wonder if I can get Ollie and Luke to read this out. And then we, like, they'll go, oh, my God, did you hear about this? And it's like, yeah, I emailed that in. <laughs> now, okay, so perhaps that could be the case. However, what I would say is that I get a lot of Agony Arts emails in. And at first, when we started getting those, there were all those joke ones. It was like, oh, I live in a pineapple under the sea. Like, what do I do? And things like that. But as this, as this segment has grown... I now get very serious emails. Mm. And in fact, actually, one of them, someone emailed in their case, and I'm sorry I haven't got to your email yet, but he sent me a follow-up email being like, I really need your help on this. Like, you need to get to this soon because it's issues that they are having with their better half. Oh, wow. So I think this, I would probably say that this might be a serious email. Okay, well, let's, let's proceed as if it is. Yeah. I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. So the actual thing at hand... Uh, you are angry at your other half who did some pre-stretching that you had pre-approved. And I th- this is such a common thing with going on three-person jogs. Has, anyone, has no one watched Chasing Amy? Yeah, or like just reading the Dear Deidre column in The Sun. That's There was always some form of thing of that. Don't buy The Sun. There we go. Uh, Justice for the night. I was raised on the sun. Oh, in the, oh uh, yeah, of course you were with your dad. Yeah. Uh, but the... So men, in general, not all of us, but me, certainly, sometimes my lady partner will say something with a lot of subtext, but I am not attuned to that subtext, and I will just hear, yeah, go and do that thing. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll go and do the thing. When really it's, yeah, go and do the thing. And then I'll be super mad about it. Yeah. Because you didn't hear the context. I, I just didn't, like... You hear the subtext. Yeah, so men can't pick up on it. So, and it sounds like you even pre-approved it, like... It, it certainly was, yeah. In, in a, in a, in a, this will be a good idea way. So... Yes. So I don't think it's murky, because of course you're going to have these feelings like you've been cheated on in stretching, but you did allow this to happen and I wouldn't want it to destroy your relationship over it Mm. what do you think well this is I I always come back to Chasing Amy with this there's a a sequence in Chasing Amy right at the end when um, Ben Affleck's character he he thinks he solved the issue between his uh, former girlfriend and his best friend because unfortunately his relationship with his girlfriend has affected his relationship with his best friend vice versa his uh, friendship with his best friend has affected his relationship and all this other stuff and he says that the best way to do this is to all go jogging together yes and 
it's proven to be a very um, spoilers for the movie. They don't go for the jog because um, the it was quite rightly pointed out. This is a terrible idea because what if what if I enjoy that park more? Mm. What if I think that this is a much more is a better way of jogging, and I don't like going back to uh, different versions of jogging, which is probably why I think I would never get myself. That's why I don't go jogging, um, real life jogging. Um, but sub- <laughs> <laughs> um, this is difficult. This is difficult. So I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do feel sympathy and empathy for your situation, but it's almost like. I, and I don't even want to because it almost feels like you're victim blaming but is it victimizing it's not victim blaming yeah but it's like because you sort of put yourself into this position yeah. and that to me is like that's when I always feel like you, as soon as you say that sentence you put yourself in this position that does feel like it's then victim blaming uh, yeah y- yes but it's a grey area so, so what what Ari Mailer has done is is blaming someone else for a situation of their crea- own creation and I think you, you, you should probably realise that, that you don't really have any justification. As understandable as those emotions are, they are of your own making, and you've got a five-year relationship there. Yes. You don't want to jeopardise that. They're absolutely very important. Not. Yeah, absolutely not. I, <laughs> I certainly don't think that you should throw any of that away. But, it's, I mean, it's clearly something you have discussed because it's an argument that you've not been able to settle. Mm. Um, it'd be interesting if this Pledgehammer emailed in with their side of the jogging story. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know where else we can go go with the jogging. Let's let's see what what becomes of this. Shall we get on with the the main show? I mean, it's going to be a very different show from now, isn't it? Jokey. Yeah. Well, it seemed that Carmela doesn't really care that she's lost the title. You didn't see last week's episode, but she she never really appeared that distressed that she lost a match. Well, she wasn't even pinned, because Charlotte pinned Becky in the triple threat at SummerSlam where she lost her belt. And that seemed to mean so much to her for the months leading up to it. But it doesn't matter, because they've kind of rebooted her character, it seems. She's been gendered. Yes, she might be a babyface now. And this was part of a really fun story. Yeah, it was. I thought this was really, really funny. And I've so I've seen some of the build up to the you know, the storyline they've been telling with R Truth's quest to find his purpose on SmackDown Live, which was beating Carmella, because that's how you get into championship matches. So he's been looking for Carmella for weeks and weeks and we got, he wants a United States title match. And we got the payoff for it here. Because R Truth got into the main event of SmackDown Live. I must say this was a real like it's weird because I think this that original joke was a one-off mm-hmm. because and it was based on like people like us our criticism someone in the writing room I, I reckon there's loads of wwe writers who are like man i agree with everything luke and ollie are saying pretty much because we know they watch this video to steal our ideas yeah and they they must have taken this in the, okay, I'm just going to write a little joke. This is going to be my time. You can't have this one, Vince. You won't even pick up on it. Maybe you think it's funny. And they have this, this funny skit like a month ago now. Hmm. And they just build it every week. And credit to our truth, his performance is spectacular to the extent where it hasn't gotten annoying. No. He's very, very good at this role. Mm. He's, I, go, I run a bit hot and cold on truth. 
I went through a massive period where I was like, I can do without your comedy now. I can, but we haven't had it for so long that it's actually really refreshing. Because he's been injured. He yeah. was out for a, a, but even, a good old chunk of time. But even before that, it's not like he was on TV every week. It was the Goldust stuff. But him with Goldust, I found very entertaining. Yeah, it was. Goldust but was before great that, that weird turn <laughs> that never really amounted to anything. Anyway, this, this did pay off. And it that Archie started to have this little team with Gold, not Goldust, Ty, with Dillinger. Ty Dillinger, and he would accompany Truth around backstage. I don't know if he's ever going to get a payoff, but now. Well, we oh, are now because we're getting a faction. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. A, Rusa, a, a Truth Day. Yeah, exactly. An they can even call day. themselves that. I've seen Armella and the Fabulous Truth as the two mm-hmm. names I've seen thrown around. Or maybe this was all a plan because it came as a pretty big surprise to us that Mixed Match Challenge 2 is happening. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, presumably so no one can watch it again. Yeah, just boom. I guess it's probably a deal they had with Facebook Watch. They would do two years of it or maybe three years of it. And then they sort of forgot themselves and were like, oh, God, yeah, we need to do that thing for Facebook, Mm, don't we? Better just do that quickly. That's what happens to me on on news scripts. Oh, yeah, I I was going to put in that video. (laughs) I I just, yeah, I'll put it it at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it that kind of just happened out of nowhere in that one of the their little in between segments promotional videos. Mm. Hey, look, mix match challenge two's back. Uh, everyone's already a team. Yeah. <laughs> Where did this come from? Yep, this odd, weird reality that sort of exists outside of the main WWE timeline. Mm. But our truth and Carmella are one of those acts. Yeah. Uh, also, Bailey. Is with Finn Balor. Hey, which is what we wanted last year. Yes. Uh, and B- uh, Sasha's with Bobby Lashley. Mm, yes, I think it's. I think it's weird how ethnicities have been paired together. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems to me that yeah, there's there's the white teams, <laughs> and then there's the uh, non-white. Well, teams. apart from uh, Miz and Asuka, I suppose. Oh, I suppose that's one. But yeah. they were a pre-existing one. The, exactly. The, Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. yeah, Team Oscar. Uh, yeah, so we watched a really fantastic 205 live match last yesterday for our Top 5 Matches of August podcast. Pledge on Patreon to get that. And we were like, man, 205 Live's great. Mixed Match Challenge is going to kick it in the balls again. <laughs> I know. Because that's another half hour that's just going to deflate the crowd yep pretty much pretty much but at least they're stars Mm. at least people will react to them because they're stars and they see them on tv all the time out of continuity stars yeah exactly so anyway uh r-truth has this storyline again throughout this episode where he's trying to but he's still trying to find carmella but he uh, to, to get his title match but he finds maurice instead yeah, so earlier in the night, Miz and Maurice had said to Brian and Bree, hey, we're not in the building tonight. We challenged you before anyone else arrived, but you weren't here. So now we've gone out for dinner. And then Brian and Bree left the arena to go and find them. I thought that was going to lead to a hilarious skit in an no. Italian restaurant, which sadly didn't pay off that way. Food fight. Yes, exactly. It's what Vin- that'll get Vince popping. That's what you need. Uh, but then Miz and Maurice returned, being like, well, we decided we'd come to work instead. And Paige said, well, now that you're here, you can have a match with anyone who wants to face you. And it turns out that our truth was that person who wanted to face him. And then he was looking for Carmella and he found Miz and Maurice and thought Maurice was Carmella. And the way we explain that, it doesn't sound very funny, but it genuinely was very funny. It was, yeah, it was funny. But more importantly, there was a whole bunch of context that I had 
selectively forgotten about, I think. Because when Miz was like, oh, how long ago was it that we were tag partners? And truth is like seven years. I was like, oh my God, you, you two were The Rock's first match back in WWE. I'd forgotten. Well, I'd, I remembered that fact, but I'd forgotten that they were a team. The at Miz the same time. And, yeah, the awesome truth. Because Todd Phillips mentioned it on commentary later in the evening. He was like, this is uh, R-Truth's first like, like TV main event in seven years. And funnily enough, it was when he was with the awesome truth. And I was like, oh, I forgot they were a tag team. Yeah. yeah. Not just a tag team. I feel like people, th- th- this is almost incomprehensible for anyone who didn't live through it. <laughs> but they were. The most a, dominant force. Yeah, they would break into, they were fired from the company. They would break into cage matches and just, destroy everyone in it they were really violent our truth was awesome in that time then they slowly turned him into his current idiot character and he he main evented capital punishment in a title match against John Cena. But that was earlier in the year when he was the heel, was and, it? and it was a serious heel then. Because like it was after. Makes it was Survivor Series 2011, which is when The Rock returned. Right, right. And Capital Punishment was earlier in the year, so that's when Truth had turned heel, and he decided that he was not doing the the what's up thing anymore. And he came out to silence. He mm-hmm. came out to no music because that was marketable, and he didn't want to be marketable anymore. And he had that main event match with John Cena that was a pay per view no one bought, and then he formed this team with. Miz and they were meant to be this sort of like serious you know as you said like they broke into cage matches and beat people down they were really pushed as this dominant force and then when it got and this was essentially just to put the rock over when he made his return at Survivor Series but when it came down to Survivor Series they walked to the ring rapping together and you're like aren't you supposed to be a serious threat and you're just already back into comedy mode color me sports entertained <laughs> so with that little bit in mind it was it was just like a nice bit of context to see where Miz is now to see where truth is now how Miz is so dastardly that he'll use that mm-hmm. you know like when was the last time you were in a main event when was the last time you were relevant is what Miz said and uh truth did some more comedy about thinking Maurice is Carmella yeah he because he asked Carmella <coughs> or he thinking uh, that Maurice was Carmella and then when Miz said don't speak to my wife he was like you married Carmella yeah which I thought was really good and then Miz called him a joke and he just looked and he says I don't know what Carmella sees in you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. walks away. It's really nice. And then later in the night, Truth finally finds Carmella. Well, he has bumped into her in previous, uh, in previous episodes, which was quite funny. But yeah, he, he's like, Carmella, this is what Maurice called you. Well, no, firstly, so, oh, yeah. because Titan Ninja says, there she is. And he walks up and he's like, oh, have you seen Carmella? Yes. I thought it was excellent. And really about, made me laugh. Yeah, so I mean, that's not Mar- Maurice is my cousin <laughs> from Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Truth wants Carmella to come out and be in his corner for the match against the main event against the Miz, uh, because Maurice said those nasty things about Carmella. And Carmella then just this is like almost the babyface turn. She was like, "What?" And she cut a little bit of a promo, and then she came out with Truth. She announced that she was going to be in his corner, and she came out dancing with Truth. It was singing like a, "What's Up." It was a completely different Carmella to what we've seen over the last year or so, mm. really. And I, you're, you're right, it did feel like a babyface turn and sort of like a character refresh because, as I said earlier, she's been gendered, which is like, we tried you as champion, it didn't work, you're not in the title picture anymore, we're just going to do something different with you. Shanti. Yeah, and, yeah. And now she's, you know, our truth rapping. And, uh, the, but in the actual match, she didn't do anything. Apart from she being was, on, out, on the outside. She cheered him on. She cheered him on, but she didn't get involved. No. It was more just a background thing. But yeah, it's just, 
I feel like Carmella is being taken away from the title picture and she's being repackaged as a baby face. Well, she it has seems to be. To me. She has to be taken away from the title picture because there's more interesting things happening in the title picture, and she would essentially just—I mean, I, I hate to say—spoil the broth, but she would do. Like she yeah. is, she is an unnecessary ingredient in that lovely soup that they're currently making. But it's like, why not have a number one contenders feud? Because that would require multiple storylines. And you've already got a second storyline with Naomi and the Iconics. So you can't have is a third. A, is that a number one? I don't know. <laughs> How are these things this... I like you, Paige. I think you're doing a fantastic job as general manager. But it seems like it's only the tag team title that she cares about creating a structure around. Yeah. Everything else is, yeah, face the Iconics. But yeah, so it looks like Carmella's a baby face now. We'll see where it goes next week. Maybe it was just a one-week thing. Yeah, or if this is going to be like a new faction that's going to form, or like a little trio between them of uh, Carmella, Truth, and Ty Dillinger, because then they can feud with Rusev Day, if you want us to do that with them. And it, it seems to me that Road Dog bloody loves trios. because you Mixed-gender trios. Because <laughs> you've got them, you've got Rusev Day, Sanity... Um, they would not. They don't have a lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, don't and talk about that. For, well, I mean, just in trios in general. For a little sure. while as well, you had um, the Usos and Naomi together because you thought they were going to start feuding with Rusev Day as well. So it just seemed like Road Dog. He bloody loves a trio. He loves a faction because that's where he made his most money was when he was part of one. Well, the the problem is Road Dog think he thinks he's building uh, double acts. <laughs> it's that we're we're reading too much into it. Oh, we're we're we interpreting the wrong story. We're the problem. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. Becky Lynch said the fans are the problem, we read that wrong. It wasn't because she was turning heel. Yeah, it was just because we're idiots. We're we, idiots. We're reading the wrong stories. Such idiots. Uh, the the only other thing this could be is, and sometimes they do this, particularly when Mixed Match Challenge was last on. That Alexa Bliss will be a baby face when she's with Braun Strowman, but the rest of the time she's a heel. So maybe Carmella is just a baby face with our truth for mixed match challenge. Yeah. And then once that's done and dusted, which I think ends in like four months or whatever it is, they'll just revert back and she'll be the princess of Staten Island again. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection blue nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, when you left the country before SummerSlam... I did. For the this, Great White North. This was a Miz versus Daniel Bryan feud. And we had joked, one of the ways WWE would screw it up is make it a mixed gender tag match with Miz and Bryan's respective wives. And as soon as we said it, that was about like a month away from SummerSlam, we both went, oh no, that's exactly the sort of thing they'd do. Wouldn't that be the worst? And now you come back. <laughs> it's exactly what yeah. they've done. Is this inside a Hell in a Cell match as well? Mm, I don't think so. She said, we'll see you at Hell in a Cell. Okay. I don't think it's in a Hell in a Cell. The I, end- I would worry for the people in the match if it was in a Hell in a Cell. I mean, it's not like it needs to be inside Hell in a Cell, but it, it, let's be honest, this company could do anything. Yeah, they chucked point. Orton and Hardy in a cell, yep. and that's not really warranting the feud. No matter how many fancy, very good video packages you show me. Uh, so, yeah, what, what's your... like? Because we haven't really talked about this. How do you feel about... Well, it's... Yeah, I mean... The wives getting involved. So when I left... Before I left this country... And before I, I left to go on my honeymoon, and it was in the build-up to SummerSlam, you know, the Bellas were nowhere to be seen. I come back, they're all over the bloody show. They're everywhere. They're all over Raw. They're all over SmackDown. You can't escape them now. I said it, my piece yesterday. It's not like, I, I don't understand if they had a show to promote, but I don't think the show's on at the moment. Mm, maybe they've got nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, Certainly not a wedding. <laughs> oh, oh. So, yeah, the show opened with Daniel Bryan on Freehole. And yeah, uh, fell down a brie hole hard. <laughs> she's like, she's actually quite good when she's with Brian. Well, this is it. So, we, a few people said, "Hey, like Nikki's improved, and Brie has improved." And I'm not saying that they haven't improved, but they were like the dirt worst when they started. And yeah. Brie threw a horrible looking kick later on in this show, completely whiffing Zelina Vega. And she did have those awful dives yesterday. I know that the Riot Squad were out of position for them as well, but she certainly didn't help matters. Um, and yeah, as, as soon as her music hit, because it is, I mean, it might be the worst music ever. 
It, no. it might be worse than Stephanie's. It's in the bottom <laughs> third of music. <laughs> it's like it's that Stephanie's and AJ Lee's themes. I think are the worst three themes in the last ten years. Oh, I like AJ. Oh, it's awful. I just want to start skipping when I hear AJ <laughs> Lee's music. I hated that oh, song. Oh, you leave AJ alone. She's grand. She's awesome. That song was awful. Did not fit her character either. Anyway, so yeah, so Brie comes down. They are. So someone left a comment on yesterday's Wrestle Ramble. Thought it was very funny. They were like, "Hey guys, don't be so hard on the Bellas. They started the women's revolution by having matches so bad <laughs> that everyone wanted the women's revolution." But it's great because pretty much that's what WWE is saying. They just don't say the second part. Of yes, it. they yeah. started the women's revolution by having these terrible matches, and we had to book them better. I know. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't want to be too down on the No, Bellas. I don't want to be too it's down. It's just, uh, and Brie has improved, and, and her and Brian are actually quite a good act. Yeah. But I don't want to see Maurice and Brit. This feud doesn't need it. Brian and Miz, that's enough. What, yeah. Why are you getting, like, extra stuff involved? Because, I'm. Oh, well, I mean, I figured it's because they want to hype Miz and Maurice. Ms and Mrs. Rather the uh, the show, and to do that, you also want to have Maurice on the TV show on SmackDown to promote that. I guess I th- I that and I think they're like, oh look, it's actually quite a nice poetic symmetry for these two. It's another another mirror image of these two opponents, and it elongates the feud as well because you've got yeah. to like we've got to get to Super Showdown, which they're having another match there. They're having a match at SmackDown One Thousand, so you can't just have another Miz Bryan match at Hell in a Cell because we've got another two coming up in you know the next couple of months so this is a way to just sort of like artificially extend the feud artificially is the key word there because like you could the, just think of this as a better way to do it brian and almas in a number one contenders match to face whoever's the champion after aj and joe so you say that that's your hell in a cell match okay there's stakes uh you get brian away from miz for a bit you don't have to bring the wives in, into it and then miz costs brian that shot Builds up a rematch. Almas gets a one-and-done pay-per-view shot with against AJ or Joe, probably AJ. And you just you, you you don't have to do the same match every month. You you weave them in and out of other wrestlers and storylines. But they have weaved them in and out of other wrestlers. It's Brie and Maurice. It's not different. It's just <laughs> adding adding clumps of stuff. Oh yeah, totally. To the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, so. Um, Renee showed them a clip from WWE.com, which um, Miz and Maurice had filmed earlier, where they were in an empty arena before the show had even started, before the fans had even arrived, saying, like, we're going to challenge you to a fight now, which obviously Bree and Brian didn't show up for because they weren't there. Which uh, was good. Which like, was it, good, it, yeah. It's like a fun way to... Because I liked Miz and Maurice's argument for that. We don't want to embarrass you more in front of all these people. Yeah, but nice. the real, re- you know, it's because they're not there. Yeah, and then Brian uh, reiterated that they're cowards, and there's, this brought out Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Elmas, and uh, Vega, with a lame line, called this show Total Bores. Well, at least, <laughs> at least it was a good delivery. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because... I mean, when you've got the, the purpose of having a wrestler and manager act, when one's a really good wrestler and the other one's a really good talker, you don't make the really good wrestler then talk and the really good talker wrestle. Why are they making <laughs> them both do this? But either way, this... Protect! Led- <laughs> emphasize the strengths 
hide the weaknesses. It's the whole point of putting a wrestler with a manager. Either way, oh. either way, Why? this led to a pretty terrific match between Brian and Almas. Now, do you, do they, <laughs> you think they think this is progression? We now just put a woman in every act and storyline. Is that what they think of Drake Maverick? I did, p- possibly. <laughs> but either way, this, so I didn't get to see this match last week. But when I listened to the podcast review, and you're like, and it was Daniel Bryan versus Almas. Mm, good. I, in my head, was like, I want to see that match. Yeah. That sounds like a match that I'd be like, cool, like, sign me up for that. So I was actually pretty pleased that we got a, a rematch here this week. And I thought this was a pretty terrific little match. It was it was back and forth action throughout. Some really nice spots in there. Almas with the double moonsault. Uh, Brian diving off the apron and Almas catching him with a huge drop kick. I thought it was some really that nice... That was a good spot. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was some really, really nice stuff into all of this. Uh, it's, and like Almas is really vicious schoolboy on Brian into the bottom turnbuckle yeah. and you know with all of Brian's concussion issues it was just a just a nice little bit, a bit yeah, of detail I really liked this I yeah I, I it's interesting watching Brian wrestle Almas because he's always a professional he always puts his all in and he tries to make it the best match possible but sometimes you can't fake really loving wrestling the guy you are so like you watch a big a big cast match and then you watch this match yeah Brian's having fun. Brian is like, oh, they're both like, yes, wrestling, 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 wrestling. And it's a joy to watch. And they've done done it really well where I still want to see a big proper match down the line. Yeah. I don't feel like I've had that big Almas-Brian match despite seeing it twice. No, and as I said in the SmackDown review as well, this is another one of those matches that puts elevates Almas even in defeat because he was on the same level as Daniel Bryan. And um, I don't... This... That's the story of this match, but overall in the night, I, I would, I yes. don't think that's. No, I, I, the case. I think that City in this match, but by the end of the night, perhaps not. Yeah, they just yeah. felt like, oh, this is just the bad way of using Elmas to artificially elongate a feud you're already artificially elongated. Pretty much, yeah, because especially after the match, I've written here, Brie kicks Vega for no reason. Mm. That was a good kick, though. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, it was a better <laughs> kick than the one she did later in the night. Uh, so yes, this was this was good stuff. And Miz and Maurice appear on screen at the end uh, from their local Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And said that they are, they've, they've rented out a whole Italian restaurant because they don't want to have dinner with anyone from your local sports team. Mm. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was very nice. Uh, and they said, we'll see you at Hell in a Cell. And Brian and Bree were, were like, OK, let's go and have ourselves an Italian dinner. Then. And I was so, I was like, food fight, food fight, food yeah. fight. It's got to happen. Especially when, like, they took their bags, their wheelie bags. But Brian was still in his, his ring gear. They were really hungry. Yeah. They wanted some garlic bread. So he was just going to turn up, start eating. If that, that, like, all the stuff you... I mean, I wouldn't have done it with this feud, but you could have had Miz and Maurice on one side of the restaurant <laughs> and Brian and Brie on the other, just, like, looking at each other, eating really <laughs> tensely. Although, if you're Brian and Brie... You, you can't get any food anyway because they've rented out the whole restaurant. That's a good point. So you can't even get a table. Yeah. You're on a long waiting list. Well, you know what that means. You get to beat up some staff as well. Because they're like, no, it's closed. Brian, in the yes lock. <laughs> Bree dives over the Using the a baguette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, though, that is goofy stuff that should not be in this feud. <laughs> Uh, speaking of not goofy stuff, mm. uh, segue, we got clips of the feud between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Now, this is my first taste of this feud since before SummerSlam. And how did it taste? Pretty good. So, 
they had this sort of sit-down interview but in separate locations because Pager decided it was too dangerous to have them in the same room. Nice little touch there. And it was like the uh, the Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe stuff yeah. from last year. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And it, it's... Okay, so again, I'm kind of like coming in from an outside position because I've been away for a couple of weeks. And they very much... The way that Becky is sitting, the way that her face is, the way that Charlotte is positioned... She Charlotte is the undeniable baby face here. And um, Becky Lynch is sort of this sort of shades of grey sort of is she a heel, mm. is she not? But the crowd were 100% behind Becky Lynch in all of this. And it's easy to see why, because she's so awesome in this role. Yeah, Flair, you know, unfortunately she was slightly wooden to begin with. I think she got, like, as it went on, she got really good. But at the start, it was very much like, Becky, I am the champion, and I will face you at Hell in a Cell. And I have lost my best friend. And But <laughs> Becky Lynch is such a good actor. Mm. Like, there was just one moment when Flair was like, after I won, you just had to hug me and say, I wanted a title match. And Becky was like, screw you. Yeah. It was such great delivery. It really was. And as I said in the SmackDown review, you can tell that Becky, as an actor, believes the words she's saying, and that then comes across, and it makes it feel real and genuine. I love this so much, and it is all down to Becky Lynch being so, so, so good at what she does. Mm. She is awesome. Yeah, I, I I do have to say Charlotte really held her own. Yeah, but uh, I thought but I thought she was very good throughout this. I think but Becky, Becky Lynch was on yeah, another level. I think Becky being so good elevates, and it almost makes Charlotte work harder mm. to be better in her promos. Because as I said at the start, she was rich, but Eric Catman. But by the end of it, she was so good. Well, it's I guess it's easier to play off someone who feels like a real character yeah. than, than someone who is also woodenly delivering lines. Yeah. That, my favourite bit of the promo was Charlotte was like, she's like Charlotte saying how she's the best and all that. And Becky just really naturalistically talks over her saying, yeah. it's delusional. It's delusional. Yeah, it's... Ah, oh, it's a really nice touch. It felt real. And that's what you need real. in wrestling. Love this. And Flair had an awesome line where she was like... Uh, she said, as a friend, you were never second best. But across the ring, you always will be. That's a money line right there. That's brilliant. Charlotte also did. And I think this... You know you said uh, Charlotte was out and out baby face in the way she's portrayed. She did the evil villain slow clap. <laughs> yeah, uh, I... I think Charlotte is grey, and I think Becky's grey. I don't think Charlotte is being portrayed as a super baby face here. I think Becky is grey. <laughs> hey! hey. Um, but as much as I like this, I, I thought that just the setup was weird. How Tom Phillips, Todd, was, or, was just like, hey, so this is going to be an interview. What do you think about this? And then Thanos away. <laughs> he reneged young himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and also, like... He didn't get in the ring to do it. He was just on commentary. It just felt... I know that's nitpicky, but... Yeah. That's that's who we are. Naomi beats Peyton Royce next after losing to Peyton Royce the first week and then losing to Billy Kay the next. And now she beat her up. So with with a you know, a quick match and a roll up. So it doesn't really prove anything. It's been it's been three weeks of not really anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Bailey Bangs versus Riot Squad mentality of mm. just just go out there and have your three minute match. And, and it wasn't even three minutes, I think it was about thirty seconds yeah. in the end. Um I was amazed how many photos of this were on WWE.com. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so the finish more or less just got, came out of nowhere. And then the Iconics beat her down afterwards. Asuka's music hits, and she came down and beat up the Iconics uh, and checks on Naomi. 
I mean, this was fine, but my only real comment on this is like, it's incredible how unspecial Asuka feels. Yeah. It's, uh, it took them less than a year. Really did take them. Because it's not even been a year since she debuted on the main roster. Yeah. And she feels just like another warm body on the show. It's really impressive how quickly she's felt not that special. Well done, WWE. Well done. I mean, that's really impressive stuff. because yeah, she was really special. So special. And you even protected her on the main roster, largely. Mm-hmm. She won the Women's Royal Rumble. Oh. She was undefeated for the first four months of the year. I was thinking about this. If Braun, because Braun has cashed in his money in the bank to get his match at Hell in a Cell. If Braun doesn't win at Hell in a Cell. He's not winning. Okay, so Braun's not winning at Hell in a Cell. That means of the four guaranteed title shots they have had this year, only one of them has won, and it was bloody Carmella. Because both Royal Rumble winners lost, and Braun will have lost as well. Brilliant. Good going. Uh, yeah, the I've, one review I read of this show on Cage Side Seats was, it was like, ah, even though the bad job they've done with Asuka, I still get that pop when she comes out. And I was like... I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't this anymore. Really yeah, sad. it's really sad. It's, it's. I mean, incredible how WWE have made it feel unspecial. I think it's even more impressive how they did nothing off the back of her streak ending. They had no plan. No it's plan really whatsoever. That is sad. It's uh, also, this, at the end of this, it was just another case of that, and we've been calling them out for the last month now, of this underlying misogynistic juvenile male-focused booking of the women, which is... They're just mates. Like, when have Naomi and Asuka ever been friends? Ooh, friends. Am I, am, am I missing something? They might have been on... No, well, they, they want to tag team and beat up people in, in Helena Cells and <laughs> main, main evented capital punishment with John Cena. <laughs> I don't know. I just... It's... Why are they doing this? Just because they're baby faces? What, why can't Asuka then just... I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's rubbish. It's yeah. rubbish. Uh, we got a hype video for uh, Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy, and we got lots of clips of Hardy from back in the day being the daredevil that he is, just throwing himself off things, swantons of galore, swanton for you. Um, and amazingly, the thing that surprised me most in this video is that Jeff Hardy revealed he's never had a Hell in a Cell match. And I no. Thought, that, that's what he said. He's like, this is the first time I'm ever going to be in a Hell in a Cell match. And I thought to myself, He's been in this company since 1995. You'd have thought by accident he'd have had one by now. Well, he kind of left at the time. So I think there was only like eight ever Hell in a Cell matches by 2009. But there was that point. Oh, no, they had loads of them by that point. Yeah, there were two a penny that had them on SmackDown by that point. But they. But like, I think even when he was on top. In the last 10 years. Even when he was on top as WWE champion during his feud with CM Punk and all of that, you'd have thought by accident they would have had a Mm. Hell in a Cell match at some point. I was just really surprised by that. Yeah. I thought this was a very good video package, actually. Great video. A, A pretty subpar promo by Jeff but mm. the video package was so good it elevated it it made me feel like this Jeff Randy match is a big time deal yeah. because you have all that context and history and how big a stars they actually are mm-hmm. over over their WWE careers yeah it made it, this this was a good way to promote the match and that's mostly what you can do for a pay-per-view and uh it's it just it's worrying that they're showing all those clips of Jeff throwing himself off things and he's in a Hell in a Cell match. So you're like, okay, so he is going to do something horrible and he's working injured. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Has Nakamura got a feud at the moment? Because he is still champion, mm. right? Yeah, he's the United States champion. Yeah. 
I think he was in Japan last week, though. I swear he he shared something on Instagram where he was with a New Japan guy. I don't know. Just wondering if he was doing anything. Yeah. No. Okay, cool. Nope. Yep. Nope. Sweet. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot he wasn't on the show. <laughs> yeah. he said, last week he was on the show and he had a, like a 30-second clip where he went, this is the United States of Knack America. Which is a great gimmick. Yeah, but that was it. Yeah. And then we got Miz backstage. Miz and Maurice have come back from their dinner, obviously because they knew Bree and Brian were going to have dinner with them. And they challenged Daniel and Bree to a fight, and they were like, oh, they've left the building. I was like, how typical. Yeah. Like cowards, they've run away. So this was to Paige in her office, a makeshift office. Yeah. And I like how they both like they both put up their fists. They're scared of the hardest-hitting couple in WWE. It's such good heel work. Yeah. And Paige is such a good general manager. She said, well, you know, this is when she set up the match with R-Truth. And Miz is like, nah, I'm just going to go home. And Paige went, oh, okay, yeah, you, you go home. And then you're fired. Yeah. So, yeah, good she stuff. doesn't take any crap. Yeah, good stuff. Samoa Joe came out next. Um, and for... So, oh, Wendy. Mm. I mean, I've missed this, so... So... After SummerSlam, and you had that uh, the, the sort of tension between Joe and Wendy, who's AJ's wife, in the crowd and their daughter. I think, well, yeah, Wendy's the wife, and not the daughter. And the next, the two nights after on SmackDown, uh, AJ's cutting a promo, but Joe attacks him from behind, and Joe screams into the camera, grabs a cameraman, looks right into the lens, and just goes, Ooh, Wendy! <laughs> And it's fantastic. Do you know what the funniest thing was? So when I got a modicum of Wi-Fi, I was outside of Tim Hortons and I got some Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to see what's up. Going on at WrestleTalk for a minute. And I clicked a video and I, that's when I saw that New Day had won the tag belts. And I clicked the video, not realising it was a news episode. And it just said, support WrestleTalk. And then you popped up and went, ooh, Wendy. And I was like, Attica, what is this all about? Yeah, I didn't even realise that it's the same thing as Kingslayer. <laughs> Like a lot of people were like, ooh, Kingslayer or ooh, Wendy. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's convenient for a T-shirt. So, yeah, but Samoa Joe opened with his new catchphrase, ooh, Wendy. I hope he keeps using that outside of his feud with AJ. <laughs> and last week, Joe threatened to go round to the Styles family home and, you know, kind of just have dinner with his wife, tuck in AJ's daughter. Oh, Really creepy. Yeah. And I, I, me and Laurie talked about it. We were really hoping he would do that. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed that yeah. they haven't if that was what it was set up. But Joe, like, just came into the ring instead and was like, hey, in a way, that you know, Wendy, you should thank me because I've scared Styles so much that he has to spend time with you. He actually has to spend time with his family. You're he's, welcome. He's locked his doors. Yeah. I, I thought there was some really good stuff. And he said, like, Cause I'm, I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. I'm not going to do these things like that. And I, and I was like, I've given you your husband back. And mm. I thought this was really nice. And I've been a bit, I was a bit down on this feud in the lead up to SummerSlam. Only Same because, here, yeah. Only because I felt they'd booked it in reverse, which was they did sort of the brutal beat down and then started doing the psychological stuff, which when really they should have done the psychological stuff first mm. and ended with the beat down as your go home angle into SummerSlam, as yep. opposed to starting with that and ending with a letter. Um, so that was why I was a little bit down on it. I liked. Joe being this more like he's getting into the the head of AJ. I just thought they did it out of order. But this is the intensity of this has really kicked up a gear since SummerSlam, and it's one of the few SummerSlam matches I've actually seen. Yeah, and it was really really good, and I loved the match. 
And I'm, I quite like this feud now. I think this feud is oh, really, really good. It's Yeah, it's one of the best things in the company right now, I think. Joe's just been great. I like that he had a bruise or a cut or something, which makes it look like he just has fights yeah. outside of Tuesday's SmackDown episodes. Uh, and he said that he had a great line where he's like, because uh, at Hell in a Cell you'll be seeing a lot more of your daddy because a very, very bad man is going to take his title. <laughs> yeah. oh. Good uh, stuff. But then AJ appears on the screen. AJ is thought to be at home and he's like don't threaten a man's family and he's uh, he turns out he's in the building Yeah. so the message I get from that is Styles doesn't care about his family yeah, he's too busy being on the radio he's a champion he's a fighting yeah. champion over 300 days as champion now is AJ Styles which proves Joe's point <laughs> Uh, Styles runs down, brawls with Joe. And that's what I love. Like, AJ was just, like, staring a hole at him, and Joe was there ready. And I was like, this is what I wanted from this feud. Mm. It was just, like, this level of intensity, and, like, these two dudes just want to punch the F out of each other. And he did, and he just charged the ring, and they just got into this massive brawl. He grabs a chair, and he starts swinging it at Joe. Referees come down, does this big old dive to the outside onto everyone, which looked awesome. And then Paige had to come down and kind of, like, break the fight up. I, I thought this was tremendous stuff. Yeah, I really like it because, it's, again, it shows Paige as a really good general manager that even the big wrestlers are like, oh, okay, I don't want to get fired. And it really plays into Styles' character, which is he's a hothead who can't keep track of his like check his emotions in check. He might be the best wrestler in the company because he's the, the champion, but yet that that is an issue that his rage gets the better of him, and that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. So yeah, really, really, really good stuff. Not amazing, but it's just like a good chapter in this feud. Yeah. Uh, but Joe needs to invade the home next week now. Now he yeah. knows that AJ is not like. He's not going to protect the family. The ne- next week's segment, which is the go home. Oh, I suppose it would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that like Joe has to, you know, yeah, beat beat up a kid. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see where they're going to take this as well because this is also another feud that's got two already announced matches after Hell in a Cell because they're yeah. fighting again at, at SmackDown 1000 and at Super Showdown. So. They've got to find a way to artificially extend this feud as well. Well, you know, Wendy can tag with <clears throat> AJ, and I don't know. I don't Asker. Know Joe's, yeah, <laughs> just chuck Asker in there. A Bella! Everyone gets a Bella. <laughs> uh, then you've got the Truth Carmella stuff. Uh, then an Orton Hell in the Cell package, yeah. which was a better promo. Much better promo, <laughs> but an excellent video package as well. And I liked as well that he was like, I've been in loads of Hell in a Cell matches. You've never been in one of them. You don't know what I'm like inside there. Mm. I'm unleashed when I'm inside a Hell in a Cell. It's mostly against John Cena, but I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had loads of them and they're brilliant. Uh, I thought this was a great promo. And there was a clip of, you know, when he was saying, I am, you know, I've got so, I can go to depth, so I've got voices in my head, whatever. And then they had a clip of him burning down the Wyatt family compound. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's where it all went wrong. <laughs> that's where it all went wrong for Bray and Randy for a bit. Ah, oh, but that... Oh. He had a money line in this promo, though, which I'll, I'll sort of move past that Bray Wyatt stuff where it did all go tits up, um, where he said, what I'm going to do at Hell in a Cell will keep everyone up at night but it will make me smile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's great. It's like the Thanos line that wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rusev Day took on Sanity and the Usos next. Rusev Day, it's so great to see them back together as a Isn't harmonious it team. just very happy? And they really told this story well because Aiden English is saving Rusev left, right and centre. Yeah, throughout the match. Sacrificing himself to save Rusev. It, it, I really, I'm really invested 
in Lana, Rusev and Aiden as friends. So when the eventual turn of one of them happens, hopefully it's a long time from now, I'm going to be heartbroken. It'll be next week. Yeah, probably. Uh, unfortunately, it was one of those matches where the match got started in the commercial break. So you can't, you've already lost a lot of the story and it comes back to the action and it's just everyone doing moves. Well, you say that though, but it started throughout the commercial break and then when they came back, it was Killian Dane doing a headlock spot or like a, you know, a head thing. Why do the agents keep making him do this? Yeah. Like that's all he's allowed to do is just sit there and crank the neck and he did it for so long. It was pretty boring after a while. But... I thought it picked up by the end. I thought it got nice and chaotic. There was lots of blind tags, and I thought that worked really well for the match. I think the final minute and a half, two minutes, were actually really good. Yeah. I mean, and that's like the stuff that gets over these days. Yeah. And that's when Dane was allowed to do all of his good mm. stuff. Uh, so it was... It, it wasn't... I, overall, I, th- I thought this was below par for what it could have could have been, because mm-hmm. it was just 90 seconds of fun at the end. Yeah. Uh, a commercial break. And sanity losing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said in the uh, the SmackDown review, Road Dog still doesn't know what sanity are or what to do with them. So is it a Wyatt family thing? What's <laughs> what's going on here? I don't know, but we put this guy in a singlet now, so yeah. I guess that might have fixed one issue. Uh, so the bar come down from the ramp afterwards. They have a stare down uh, across the ramp. It's going to be the bar versus Rusev Day next week. Fun stuff. Looking forward oh, to that. Very much so, and that will decide who's facing the new day at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it'll be the bar. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I'm not so sure. Hmm. Could be could be Rusev there. You, that's the sort of, like, all these teams are so beloved. Even The Bar are kind of these tweener characters now. You could do he, face versus face. I'd love it to be Rusev Day. Yeah. To be honest with you. And I, I'm with you. I want this team to stay together for a, for a while. I, but I'm almost like, I've been pre pretty exposed to be just like oh, I'm just waiting for the turn now mm. because now they're telling the story that Aiden English is actually helpful to the team they're like now they're going to pull the trigger and Rusev's going to turn yeah. on him next week um, one of the things me and Laurie talked about last week was Smackdown's tag division is too good like yeah. you look at Raw, like we've said this before yeah it's, to, it's stacked to the extent where you're now really ignoring really good teams mm-hmm. and that's that's not cool like the Usos should be prominently featured in a tag division so should Sanity so Galanderson Galand- yeah so move them over to Raw or just do something uh, because you, you're a, a lot of guys aren't getting on the show well let's put it this way Gallows and Anderson came over with a superstar shakeup and have done nothing they had a sort of feud with the Bludgeon Brothers that led to a pre-show oh, yeah, match, but they had a title match. But that was like, but that's it. Like yeah. it's so forgettable. They've done nothing, and it's just kind of amazing. That's what you decided to do with them. Just mm. now, I don't think they ever had a plan. WWE.com videos, I'd imagine. Yep, with Mike Rome. Yep. Uh, so our truth and the Miz was our main event. I must say, I didn't say it earlier, uh, but when when our truth gets Carmella to go out with him. And afterwards, R-Truth was... So Carmella leaves, like, I'm going to go to the ring. And R-Truth is backstage with Ty Dillinger. And Truth goes, I'm trying to teach you something here, Ty. And Ty's like, what could you possibly teach me? And Truth just says, how to get in the main event of SmackDown. It was so good. What a great payoff. Yeah, and he was like, oh, you old dog. (laughs) And you think, wait a second. So is R-Truth a goofy idiot or has he played this amazing month long game and worked us all it could be either way and that's what's really good about it yeah 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 yeah. so 
that was really that was that was fun yeah so this was like full-on Mella being gendered here because she was coming out dancing with our truth and singing what's up along mm-hmm. with him couldn't care that she's lost the title or that she's not in the title picture anymore um, and I guess that's fine for, for Carmen I, I, I wasn't a fan of her as champion anyway no Uh, I was glad that it ended when it did. I could have done with it ending sooner. But, um, you know, here we are. And I would say as well that while I did like this match, the crowd were more interested in chanting for CM Punk at the start. Uh, I think they turned around a little bit at the end. I think they got into uh, Truth Near Falls and actually popped when he won as well. Mm. So I thought these two did a really good job of turning the crowd around and getting them into this match. And it was stunning for me to think. So I think it was late 2000s. That our truth debuted in WWE as K Quick. Wow! With uh, late with two th- in the late two thousands. Yeah, no, late two thousand. No, was yeah, it was that long ago. Yeah, it was when he was K Quick with Road Dog and they Whoa, were a tag team. Of course, yeah. Yeah, getting rowdy. Jeez. And here we are in twenty eighteen, and he's in the main event. And I was like, good for you, man, because mm. because you don't get to see him in that position very often. And he can, he still looks great. He doesn't look like he's aged a day. No, and he, he, he all these little dance moves and little taunts in between moves. I really, really like. He's one of those guys that you put him in front of a casual and they'll get into him. Like, oh, man, this guy's fun. Yeah. He's got the fun entrance. He's a he's a really good pre-show act. Yeah, totally. And occasionally putting him in something like this, you get that kind of Santino investment. I want to see this comedy figure win. Well, I remember when he debuted, but and I think it was late 2000 that he debuted. And I was into him at the time. He was sandbagged with Road Dog, who was having some real bad personal issues at the time, and the team was never going to get over to the degree it should have done. But I always thought that he was really cool and really impressive. And then when I started watching TNA in sort of 2004-ish, he was really featured on that show. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm really glad yeah. that he's getting featured here. So then I was really stoked when he got moved over to back to WWE and is in, in this position. I'm, I'm happy for him. I and like that truth. And then when he main evented Capital Punishment with John Cena. Which was good for a time. It was <laughs> good for the moment uh so they're having a match it's it's fun i quite enjoyed it but Miz, i, I Miz, did find my my mind wandering i did enjoy Miz doing the moonwalk as <laughs> yeah as as awfully as he possibly could do it <laughs> because the idea of doing the moonwalk as a you know to get the crowd against you is to do it bad on purpose oh yeah and he tried his darndest to do it bad on purpose maybe he was having a really good go at it <laughs> just not very good at the, the moonwalk bless him uh, so uh, Miz is getting the better of truth but Brian's music hits Bree and Daniel Bryan come down our truth wins this, yeah this distracts uh, Miz so truth wins by a roll up and then Brian and Bree run in they beat up Miz and Maurice but then Almas and Vega run down so Miz and Maurice escape and Bree and Brian Lock in the dual yes locks. Dual yes locks on Almas and Vega. Yeah. Now there's an image of this on WWE.com, and it's when Brian has got the yes lock in. He's got this intense look of just like I'm trying to yank this lock in and make this dude tap out so I can prove a point. Brie Bella's got it locked in with the biggest smile on her face, like she's having a whale of a time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just I could have done without the Almas Vega being sacrificed. Just like. Just for that little bit, just for, just for a visual of Brian and like you, that visual is not worth sacrificing Almas and Vega in that spot when you could just have Brian and Bree on the ropes looking mean, looking at them. Mm-hmm. Like I know that's not as impactful, but 
I'm guessing it's, I'm guessing it's to set up next week they're gonna do Brian and Bree versus Almas and Vega. Yeah. And that's your go home setup for oh, the, oh. the Hell in a Cell match. Wow. Uh I mean what I d- we don't know what the plans are for Carmella, but that would have been perfect for Carmella to get in, go to slap Bree, and then Bree gets her in the yes lock and d- and do that instead of having Almas and Vega run out. It was really contrived, I thought. Uh, what did you give it overall? I think it was smack-tastic. I really enjoyed the show. Yeah. I thought it was solid throughout. I thought the wrestling was mostly really... Actually, the, the uh, Daniel Bryan match was really, really good. I really enjoyed the main events as well. And I thought the, the Orton video packages were great. And I love the Becky Lynch stuff. So I, I, there was more positives to this than there were uh, negatives. And in fact, the, the negatives that I had were very few. Mm. I, I really liked the episode, but I like it in that solid way. Like, I think this is a solid episode. Uh and with all, I've still got the all-in hangover of how fun that show was. You can't compare the two. Though. I know you can't. I know you can't. Listen to the, heed the words of Christopher Daniels. You cannot compare the two, mm. and it's unfair to compare the two as well because they're try- they're going after com- different things. But I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying like it's hard to to experience that and it be on your mind all the time, and then watch this show and go, yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that was fun. But when you watch a like an actual movie, mm. so like um, a, a movie that is made by a, a really serious director with actors who are really invested in what they're doing, um, you know, a prestige picture, so to speak. You then, when you watch a different movie, when you watch a comedy film, you have a different mindset when you watch that film, right? You don't watch that film and be like, well, it's not The Post, is it? It's not quite Schindler's List, this game night film. It's just, just Steven Spielberg movies we're going for. <laughs> well, he, he is the greatest director of all time, well, I watched, trademark. When I watched Ready Player One on Sunday, uh, that, was, that was naff. <laughs> not his finest hour, I'll no. be honest. But. So, so I kind of, I, I know what you're, you're trying to say, but I, so like I'll watch a... Smackdown for me this week was a fine comedy. A three-star comedy. Yeah, it was a three-star yeah. comedy. Hmm. Um, but then, like, All In was a four-star whatever that genre was. I'd, like, I've seen, I've seen four- and five-star Smackdowns. Mm-hmm. This is not... This was no, not I, one of those. Because no, I feel like I've been in a mindset where I've been, uh, um, you know, some say unfairly harsh on SmackDown, where I've been giving them three, a, 3.5 out of fives, mm. and people have been saying, like, no, that's a, a four-star SmackDown. What did it need to be a four-star movie? And I was like, or oh, four-star SmackDown, I should say. And my sort of argument I've always had is, like, if I am consistently entertained throughout, and to the point where I'm like, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's really great, that's really great, then for me that is a, it's a four-star episode of the show. But there have been times where I've watched it and been like, that was awesome, that was awesome, this one's so great, this one's so great, that's a three out of five, I thought it was fine. Well, you see, I, I wouldn't say awesome for any of this, really. I'd go, that was really, that was good, but that it may was be, really good. Maybe that it's because good. I haven't seen it for two weeks. Yeah, could, could be could that. Could be that. Uh, so yeah, a high three out of five for me. Which is more or less the same score. Yes. Now before we started recording this, mm. obviously we got up uh, our anonymous email for the Agony Art, but then you said to me, ah, I've, yes. got, I've got an email for the second half of the show. You have an email. I have an email. Uh, I need to find the email. Oh, well, see this? <laughs> I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. It was very okay. quick. So. That's what she said. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember, Luke. Uh, the SWAF Nation won't because we did this privately. But we were contacted by two fans, well, one fan of the show uh, who was going to get married. 
Oh, yes, I do remember this. And she was like, hey, my husband loves Wrestle Talk. He loves wrestling. And we both love Wrestle Ramble. We watch you a lot. I would love to surprise him at the wedding ceremony with a recorded message from us both. Yes. So we will. And I think what she was looking for was like a 30 second. Hey, congratulations. But what actually happened is we spoke for about 10 minutes because we just rambled. Rambled on, as we often do. Yeah. And, uh. It's it's happened, yeah. So they played. What? So this is the. Uh, have you got the actual? Have you got a clip of this? No, no, oh. no, no clip. Uh, okay, here comes a two-part reply: one from me and one from my husband. Yay! Hey! This was the hardest secret I've ever had to keep, but I did it. He suspected absolutely nothing, and his reaction was exactly what I'd hoped for. I do believe he squeed himself a little. <laughs> Quite a lot, as a matter of fact. I did watch the video just after you sent it, and I didn't edit anything. What? Oh, that's oh. a mistake. Error. <laughs> I wanted him to see it just as you made it. It was shown just after my speech to him at the wedding party, but there were only 29 guests, <laughs> so not a lot of people know your secrets. We sp- we shared a few pet names with our oh, own. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Plus, six, five to six of those present didn't understand much English. <laughs> so confu- what an awkward oh, ten minutes that oh, is. And we, we just babble on and oh. that about nonsense. I just want to say thank you again for doing this. When I first got your email, your reply back in June, I was sitting right next to the, the fiancé and I was checking my email on my tablet. He didn't see anything, of course, but naturally he asked what was going on when I started crying because I did. (laughs) I told him that I managed to get him a surprise I didn't think was possible to get because it was so rare, so he he expected an object. Oh, that's so lovely. I I did give him a big two swaft from you two uh, just before the video started playing, Uh, but I'll let him be swaft back at you himself. This is... Loose, loose use of the word swat. <laughs> uh, nothing was filmed during the wedding, but we've added a couple of fun pictures of us to contain our blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'd like to mention because I'm, I'd like to mention because I'm quite proud of my accomplishment. That's well you should oh, be. Oh, sorry, this is of her dress. Uh, she did all the sewing herself. No way. And all of the work on uh, the groom's jacket, vest and tie. Amazing. And a bit of, sorry, a bit of work on the dress. With a good amount of help and guidance from the local seamstress. Do you want to see some Amazing. pictures? Amazing. Yes, I bloody well do. Amazing. That is a purple dress. Oh, and she's got a cape. It hard with a cape. And the groom has a top hat and cape. Lovely stuff. This is my kind of wedding. Yep. There they are. That is very, very good. Love it. Yes. Happy couple. Happy couple. And uh, here is the groom. Bring it on. And hello for the first time. To say I was lost for words is an understatement. My very own wedding ramble. A wamble? Hmm. <laughs> I'll leave the marketing side of things to you guys. I just want to say how much I appreciate the time and effort you spent on doing this for us. I know how insanely busy you guys are, even with your chief of security, El Fagador, but that you go to uh, nice, nice stuff about us. Uh, and just so you know, after we signed the wedding contract to be legally married, tradition was followed. Whenever a contract is signed, someone has to go through a table. <laughs> Fortunately, my wife was more than willing to powerbomb me through it. Aww. OMG! Anyhow, a million thanks once again. You made that day as special as it could be. Aww. A big swaft to all you guys at Wrestle Talk. Lovely. That is 
Excellent. That's uh, really put a smile on my face. Yeah, it's nice. That is it? lovely, yeah. Um, before we shoot, though, do you want a quick poetry corner? Yes, a quick poetry corner. It's from one of your favourites as well, Butter Toast. Butter Toast. So Butter Toast uh, sent in a, a limerick from Dolph Ziggler to Seth Rollins. Mm. So short, then. Yes. You say that my reign is a scam, but really, I don't give a damn. You say you're an idol, but I've got the title. I'll see you at Summer Slam. Oh, that's good. But before out of date as well. It is a little bit, <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunately how the cookie crumbles when I've been away for a couple of weeks. But I've also got a little extra bonus for you. So why is your hand in your pocket? Well, I'll show you. In a is second. this a treat? Is it <laughs> a present from Canada? It's not. Well, it sort of is. Yeah. So while we were in Vancouver, we I thought I was going to get a Randy Orton handshake. <laughs> <laughs> When we were in Vancouver, we walked past a bookstore uh-huh. that was like, and it was like a traditional, like cluttered bookstore, books everywhere, that kind of thing. I don't want another copy of your video game book. <laughs> it wasn't there. I looked for it. It was not there. It was a very small bookstore. But even more impressively, they had a gumball machine that was filled with haikus. No way. It was a free gumball machine. You went in there, you clicked it around, and it dropped Whoa. you out. A little acorn. Oh. Filled with a, a haiku. So I thought I would read you out the haiku that have I you not w- opened this. Uh, I I have read this, unfortunately. Oh, okay. yeah, but I thought I would I would read you out this haiku. Okay. From Vancouver, uh, it was written by someone called Carol McCrurry. I'm going to say McCrurry. I'm sure she listens to the show. <laughs> so this is the haiku: Fog, the sound of wings, going somewhere. That's you have to let haikus mellow, don't you? Yeah. You've got to like, so what just happened? <laughs> uh, my wife got one Fog. as well. Yeah. Um, the sound of wings going somewhere. Mm. And that you can hear. That's the sound of the acorn lid going back on. Is that what they're called? Acorn. Well, it's because it's in the shape of an acorn. Yeah. So that's what they called it. Um, I also had a gumball machine in a bar that dispensed um, 20-sided die. So that was nice. Like a D20. You found all the cool places. Well, this was like a very much a D&D themed... Town? No, uh, bar. Oh, okay. And it was like, there was nerd stuff everywhere. There was like nice. a Millennium Falcon hanging from the ceiling. They were playing Star Wars The Last Jedi. They, we went when they were doing their um, cartoon brunches, which is where they just have cartoons playing oh, uh, all day, every day. It was an awesome, awesome place. Well, uh, another another tidbit of the the new location potentially for Wrestle Talk. It's down the road from a video game bar. It certainly is. A, a retro video game bar. Four quarters. I yes. went there for a friend's stag do. In fact, a stag do I to organized. To that one, to that one no, in Stratford. No, it was the one in um, Peckham, yeah. yeah. That's where my birthday was that you didn't come to. That's because I, where was I? I don't know, Belgium, probably. <laughs> That's right, it is, because your birthday's around the same time as my wife's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, just before we get out of here, uh, we, we're off to a dance class today. <laughs> we certainly are. We're off to a dance class, our yep. first one. Yep, uh, I, so I thought you'd actually already started these mm-hmm. dance lessons, so I'm actually glad that I'm not playing catch-up, so that should be good. Laurie will. He can't be here today. Oh, so, really? Yeah, oh. so it's just me and you today, oh, and then cool. I'm going to video a lot of it for him, yeah. and then he can try and learn a bit and catch up with us tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, and if you are uh, around, obviously you <coughs> might actually be hearing this the day after, I'm going to be at the Rev Pro TV tapings tonight, if anyone's around, so come and say hello. With who? I'm going to my own. Well, oh, no, I'm going with Brian Zane from Wrestling Ooh, With Regrets. YouTube friends. <laughs> well, we're meeting up. I'm not going with him. I have a pre-existing commitment yes. that I can no I can't get out of for the fourth week in a row. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice. Yeah. Uh, but that's all we've got time for. You usually do this bit. Sorry, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm so out of practice. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you on Saturday for the weekend Wrestle Ramble. But of course, we'll possibly see you at Wrestling Media Con because um, we're going to be there all day Saturday and all day Sunday, including the after party. So please do stop by and say hello. It'd be lovely to meet you. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 